0: Good morning, family of God. If you haven't met me before, my name is Louise, and I'm often found sitting here with my family who gave me strict instructions to be short, interesting, and if possible, inspiring. So, you know, you know, they don't ask for much, but God being my helper, here I am. (laughs) And this Sunday, we're celebrating Palm Sunday and also Intergenerational Sunday. Um, and because of that, I brought a picture book. And I have to say thank you to Dawn, who is going to be Vanna for me this morning, <laughs> and turn the pages. So, as we heard in the scripture reading, today we're celebrating Palm Sunday when Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey, an entrance that not only symbolized um, peace. Oh, sorry, go to page one. I didn't practice the page-turning part. But also pointed to the prophecies about the Messiah. And this is the beginning of the climax of that story. So there you have it, Jesus there on the, on the donkey. And Jesus enters the city in the midst of a people who've been waiting hundreds of years for a clear Messiah. People who do not necessarily believe, but perhaps want to believe. And that desire to believe is shaped and constrained by what they know, what they see in front of them, their environment. And we could imagine that the crowd held people who wanted to see what all the talk was about, who had heard of Jesus and what was going on, and maybe wanted to see that so they could say, I saw that guy, or wanted to be healed or have some gift from him. We see people even laid down their cloaks, before him, and we see people looking for a hero. In fact, so many people don't don't turn the page. Don't turn. Stop turning the page. Sorry. The first couple of pages take a lot of the words that I'm going to say, and then we're going to skim through a bunch real fast. Don't get worried that it's such a long book. Um, you know, and so so many people came. It caused a huge disruption in the city. The Bible tells us the ground shook, and just. Days later, this same Jesus that they're celebrating is going to be in the temple reprimanding them for exploiting people. And and he's going to be that same Jesus who didn't seize power from the occupying force. The same Jesus who hasn't set the oppressed free in their minds, right? The same Jesus who, in fact, is seized. The same guy. The specific dreams of the people who lined the streets and made that parade for Jesus weren't fulfilled as they imagined. Their expectations were not fulfilled. Jesus didn't act the way they thought he should. But why not? I mean, we have the benefit of the whole book of Matthew, so we can read the whole narrative of how Jesus got to this point. We can see that Matthew speaks to a Jewish audience and draws on genealogy. He draws on prophecy. He references the laws. He talks of rewarding faith and compassion. He, he calls out to God like the prophets of old, and he speaks of Jesus wandering in the wilderness in a way, a story that mirrors their experience as a nation. The stories of Jesus' life are recognizable to the people because it mirrors the path that they took with God throughout scripture. Okay, what page are we on here? Okay, now turn the page. Yeah. So the Jesus in Matthew, the Jesus we read about, points to the God throughout all of Scripture. And those themes of repentance and compassion, of faith and then blessing, are told again and again. And the roles of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the ghost is the one with the whole, just so you be clear, um, They're all present in that long story of faith, that long story of God with people. And like many of us, perhaps the people of Jesus' time knew but didn't know. I mean, they knew some of the things about God. They knew the stories, and those formed their expectations, their seeking for that hero, the Savior, the Messiah. But the thing about expectations is, Throughout scripture, even, we see that they can make you blind. We saw when Nathan went to anoint a new king, his expectations blinded him to little David. We saw that when Sisera went to sleep and then jail impaled him, one of my favorite stories as a child, I have to say, don't judge me, Um, but it was his expectation that this woman was safe that allowed him to sleep in her tent. That expectation blindness resulted in the Israelites wandering for 40 bonus years in the wilderness. (sighs) She could have believed that God could defeat their enemy. But what they couldn't see, the people that Jesus was walking with, or sorry, walking through, they couldn't see that he was how the Messiah would show up. So turn, oh yeah, no, no, go back, go back, go back. So, there we get to the God of the cosmos. So, this God of Scripture points us to this big God, this God of the cosmos who lays the stars in the sky, who sets the planets in their orbits. He is the God who makes things happen that are beyond what we know, beyond what we experience. And as people, we can be blind to things outside of our experiences. God is acting in ways that we can't even see because of our own expectation blindness. The folks who witnessed Jesus' entry into Jerusalem knew but didn't know that God was acting for them in those moments. Turn the page. So those same folks got to follow Jesus on his path through Holy Week, the week between Palm Sunday and Easter. And how much more did they not understand what was going on during that week? But despite their ability to understand, or our ability right now, this is still the God who saves, who loved so greatly as to come and sit on the scratchy back of a donkey, to deal with crowds and heat, and request after request even though at times he would rather be alone who was faithful to fulfill his own requirement of justice on our behalf sorry spoiler alert i'm going to spoil it for friday with this picture but that's one thing we know about god is he saves turn the page we also know other things about god we know that he's a comforter We know that God comforts in our fear and our pain. We know that he has walked those paths of grief before us and walks them with us as well. We know that God who loved continues to love each one of us. Not only that, but we describe Jesus sometimes as a friend, a faithful friend, someone who's by our side, a friend who challenges us and celebrates with us and sticks with us through everything. And these are all true aspects of God, and there's many more. I didn't have time to make a Bristol Board book of all the characteristics of God. You can thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) But what we do is we gather up all those experiences and all those um, events in our lives where we feel God and where we experience him. And... We hold them together. And if I, if I were a scripture writer, I might say we ponder them in our hearts. We deeply treasure. We deeply treasure what we know of God. And because we treasure it, we want to keep it safe. And so we take that treasure, that, that God, God remainder, if you will, because it doesn't encompass all of God, and we try to protect it. And we put it maybe in a little treasure box. And in that treasure box, we keep that God safe. And that box might be made out of the trauma that we've experienced and reminds us of the comfort God was to us in those moments. That box might have some pieces of our politics and preferences. That box might be made of bits of fear or attempts of control that we put around God. Turn the page. And around that God, just to just to keep God safe, we pack all kinds of expectations. We pack them in there snugly so that our God is safe and secure and dependable. Turn the page. Yep. Yeah. One more. That's good. Yep. Yeah. And we pack in some extra things, maybe some things we want to experience about God. We keep God in there, good and safe, until we're left holding a very strong and very full box with a very tiny version of God. I'd like to call that religion. Religion. problem, folks, is that, if you go to the last, last page, God doesn't operate out of a box. Based on how God has reacted throughout Scripture and history, in my, my life also, God operates in a very box-averse fashion. Somehow God manages to be completely reliable and yet rarely show up in the places or ways that we expect. Despite that, we keep trying to fit God into that form because we're people who inherently look for those patterns, and we want things to be regular and expected and safe. So as we start this Holy Week and this journey through the cross toward Easter, I want us to ask ourselves, What's making up the walls of our box? How are we attempting to hold God? Let's look to the people who followed Jesus on that Palm Sunday, but let's let our expectations go. God is already acting outside that box. Let's lift up our heads, see what's happening around us, and maybe feel the ground shake. Let's really, really trust this week that our God is certainly big enough. Thank you.